Welcome to the HR on the Offensive podcast, brought to you by Lace Partners. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to the latest HR on the Offensive podcast. It's me, Chris Howard from Lakes Partners. Thank you, as always, for joining us. We are on payroll time now. Once again, I have got one of our payroll gurus, extraordinaire expertise, you know, the man who knows it all to do the payroll. I'm bigging him up quite a lot. It's a co-partner and a co-questioner today. Chris Kirby, how are you doing, young man? I'm great. Thank you, Chris. Thanks for the introduction. I'm not sure I'm going to live up to it, though, fully. <laughs> I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. Here's a fun question for you, and then I'm going to pose it to our guest who I'll introduce in a second. When is it unacceptable to still keep saying Happy New Year? March. March. <laughs> That's a, is that a payroll person's question, yes. is it? <laughs> Love it. And our guest today is Simon Bocker. And Simon is the founder of an organisation called Pay Captain. Simon, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's lovely to have you on. Now, before we talk about Pay Captain and also a couple of the topics that we are quite interested to delve into, I'll get Chris to have the first pass at the question that we're doing because we're going to talk about financial wellbeing. We're actually going to touch a little bit on employee experience with a payroll lens as well, which is interesting. And there's other things like cryptocurrencies and stuff like that. I know we've talked about offline that we wanted to wax lyrical on a little bit about yourself but the and pay captain as a business but before that when is it unacceptable to say happy new year well i think we've got another three days left to put really a man after my own heart i am absolutely exactly the same you have your first week and then after that that's it. You're done. Yeah. Right. Lovely. But yes, let's let's go on to the main topic of conversation today. So talk to us a little bit about pay captain, and then we're going to start quizzing you with some interesting questions. Great. Okay. Well, I started pay captain in January 2020, just before COVID was part of our vocabulary. And after quite a long career in HR and payroll technology, nearly all my career was in HR payroll technology. I wanted to start pay captain with a blank sheet of paper and really put the employee experience front and centre and put automation right at the heart of the of, of, of the technology. So that's what we've done. Since then, we've got some great clients. We've got a long list of clients we're about to be onboarding, ready for, for the new tax year. And it's all about transforming the way companies pay their employees. We really feel that just paying people accurately and on time just isn't good enough anymore. Employees want a better experience experience of receiving their hard-earned cash, a better, more graphical, more interactive experience, and sort of getting rid of all of those awful terms that are used in payroll and pension and make the whole thing a much more human experience. Because on the basis, it's one of life's most important things of having a job and receiving your hard-earned cash. I've always felt the experience should be better than just a PDF payslip and portal that's a nightmare to get into and just looks really off-brand and enable something that companies can be really proud of and actually add value in their organisation rather than just be this tedious administrative burden of processing payroll. 
I love that, Simon. Thanks very much for that. And I, I, employee experience in particular is something that that's always chimed very, very strongly and loudly with me. I think it's something that's becoming more important every day. And, and frankly, I think employee expectations change very, very quickly. It does feel to me like there's an awful lot of momentum in this space now, but it also feels like there's been quite a quite a wake up period. And, and, and we've been through a period of catching up to get to this point. I think, for, you know, from my experience as well, I think Sometimes employees have struggled to be heard when it's come to what they've expected from their employer. And sometimes I also think employees have been guilty, in, 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 certainly in the transformation programmes I've seen, of assuming expectations or delivering to what, what are maybe outdated ones. Would you go along with that? Yeah, definitely. And I think payroll, really, if you think about the overall employee life cycle, payroll has been really left behind. There have been some great enhancements and, you know, modernization in things like applicant tracking and learning and development and performance management. But payroll has been left behind, really left behind. And I think there have been a few reasons for that. It's obviously quite complicated. It's quite mission critical. It, sometimes it will report into finance and sort of not considered to be part of the overall employee experience. But I think things are changing now, definitely in, in this. You know, money has become very complicated for, for all of us. But the way people receive their their money and the overall remuneration packages are getting more complicated as well. So it's sort of forced companies to think about this and and make sure pay and remuneration and benefits are very clear, very on brand. And of course, every company does need to do something slightly different. Everybody's population is is quite different, have got different expectations, got different requirements. Companies do need to listen and do need to think about what their employees need and then adapt their policies and processes and the technology to make sure that they can deliver a really great employee experience. So I think that's become a, it's becoming a bit easier to do that because obviously companies like Paycap are making it making it more accessible for you know leaders in in organizations to just determine what they what they want and then companies like Paycaptain can then go and deliver those on those requirements can i ask you both a question actually it just popped into my head as you were talking about that as to where payroll sits does does payroll need an actual defined home i feel like we might have talked about this before chris because you've talked about finance or sitting in hr does does there need to be is that one of the biggest problems because it's not given a defined home and i think what links to this as well is that is that because they don't fit payroll as a as a function doesn't feel like it actually has a big enough voice Sorry, maybe I'll, I'll go pick that one up first on, <laughs> and then hand over. So my, my view on that has been it it's very company and situation specific. I think in my experience of payroll and where it sits or where it should sit, at least for the immediate future, it really d- depends on what the current maybe challenges are. I think in, in many companies that in integration is a significant challenge. And, and this is where in particular this EX lens comes in. And for that, it really often makes sense to, to put payroll in the people function, right? Because it's part of that end-to-end people journey. At the same time, I think 
there are a lot of companies that I've worked with where control is the problem and maybe they failed audits and maybe the, the frameworks around how the, the, the payrolls are governed isn't necessarily where it could be. And sometimes that can make sense to point it towards finance, at least for a short period of time to get that sort of solid grounding. It is personal preference for me. I think payroll is becoming a bigger part of that broader end-to-end people journey within companies and part of that employee experience that we've been talking about up to, to now. And I would therefore be inclined to point it towards people if you were to ask me for my unbiased unbiased view yeah i i agree with all all of that and i do see a bit of a trend really in it moving from from i think it used to be about 50 50 you know about 15 years ago where you'd see payroll reporting into finance or reporting in, in into hr i do feel it's moving much more hr orientated now and i think that is the right place for 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 it to be lots of people and companies will sometimes think about their payroll department as this sort of administrative function you know in the same way as sort of bookkeeping and and accounts but more and more now, the people strategy in an organization and their pay strategy is so intertwined with everything that the HR function is doing from applicant track, you know, recruitment and performance management. And that's why it does really fit in to to the HR function. And obviously, finance want to make sure that everything's compliant and it all adds up and it is, you know, communicating with HMRC properly and things things are balancing. But of course, that's what the technology is there, is, is there to do. And technology needs to be trusted and relied relied upon to, to do those things, which can obviously do the, the, the relevant box ticking for the finance function. Absolutely. All this talk of finance jogged my mind to to move on to talk about some pensions. I've got a question around pensions for you, Simon, because for for me, funnily enough, with Mr. Howard, I've recently been debating the role that let's call them diluted pension schemes when we compare them now to maybe 20, 25 years ago, where you you had these huge final salary based schemes, which were commonplace and maybe encouraged long service in in, in companies. And I've been debating the role that they play when, when employers and prospective employers and looking at that employee-employer deal. I just wonder whether you've got any thoughts on, on that and, and, and how the perception of maybe pensions has changed over time and, and, and also maybe moving on, just thinking about how, how employees are managing their money and, and what you guys are seeing over at PayCaptain. Well, I think pension has also got this sort of horrific title that people just feel like bored about not necessarily interested in you know if you think about you know somebody coming in to talk about about the workplace pension scheme people aren't you know jumping at the bit to to go go and join that session however i think pensions are so important for people to of course understand we've had a lot of feedback from customers before they've joined pay captain that many of their employees have just thought about pension as just another tax it doesn't feel as part of part of the sort of overall benefit remuneration package that they don't pay much attention about it it's just something that they see tax national insurance pension you know first of all that's just completely the the wrong place to put it and you know next to you know this is an investment in the employee's future that obviously the employee is contributing to and the employer is contributing to as well so why it's under some sort of deduction 
column on a payslip has always been a bit strange to me. So we show it as an investment and we make pension front and centre on our app so that employees can see their payslip, see their pension pots, including you know the contributions that are going in and in into it, and make it really accessible so that they can see what their future retirement income could be. They can manipulate their contributions. And we're just about to make something live on, on the app to allow people to take pension holidays. Rather than opting out, we're going to enable our, our clients' employees to take a small pension holiday to help, you know, particularly build up emergency savings or to help focus on a particular challenge with this cost of living crisis. And we think that having a small pension holiday will allow people to, you know, get their finances in order, put their priorities in in the right place, rather than opting out and making a big final decision that, that they may not then be automatically enrolled for some period of time. I've got a couple of questions on there. One slightly provocative, I'll do that one first. Is there not a danger in that situation of it almost being on the never-never, though, as an, from an individual perspective, almost like a, I'm going to put a pause in it and come back to it one day, and then once it's taken off your sort of wages, you're almost reluctant to put it back on? Cool. We've actually built it in a way where it's a, it's a fixed period of time, so that you're only taking a break, and right. so it, you're you're opting in to take a, a three month break on your pension, and then employers have then got the choice to either continue paying into the pension, but that's a scenario that you know the purpose of this is to help employees with their financial security and their current financial situation. What we've seen already, particularly over the last three or four months, is a large increase in people opting out of their workplace pension. And that's just not good for for them. It's not good for society in general. And you know, a lot of the pension pension um, regulation is really outdated and not, you know, supporting people today so we 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 think there's something important to do here to give people more flexibility over their pay and you know allow them to feel more in control really yeah and my second question was a bit of a sort of meta type question so do you think that i really like what you were talking about with the pension stuff it's almost as if like you're positioning it as a bit of a, pen, a rebrand of the concept of pensions almost by doing it as, as an investment. And my question was that I just pondered in my head was, is this a generational thing because of what Chris said earlier about, you know, the final pension salary schemes and the incentives behind that. And now it's almost like this is something that's happened. It's got, I've got it way down in the future. So have you? do you think it's a Maybe this is a question for both of you. We'll start with Simon, though. Is it a generational thing as to why we're in this position? Or is there other reasons? So, for example, is it that people haven't rebranded it well enough as an investment? Or is it another factor? Well, one one big factor is definitely there are, of course, a lot of people really financially struggling. There's a huge proportion of uh, 20 million people in the in the UK that are working working age that have less than 300 pounds in their savings accounts. So one issue is definitely asking people to 
pay money into long-term savings when they've got no short-term savings. And I think it's actually just a, com- a real combination of, you know, of course, the cost of living situation is is, is certainly not, not helping in any of this. But, but as I said at the very beginning, money has become really, really complicated. And you've always got a bit of a ranking, haven't you, of like, what what have you got to deal with, first of all? Yeah, putting mon- putting food on your on table, paying your mortgage, paying your rent, paying your utility bills. You know, quite often pension for many people is quite far down the list. There's so many other priorities that they've got got to deal with. And so I think that's some of the, the issue here as well. Yeah, and, and I, I completely agree with everything Simon said. And I think taking it a step back, I guess, to that maybe just a bit high level uh, around the societal change. I think I do think there's a generational element and I just think simply that perception around what a pension is and the, the role it plays in people's employment and decisions around employment has shifted massively in 20, 25 years. But I also think a point Simon made earlier around the complexity around money in general is something that applies to pensions too. And I think the reality is it, if you reverse the clock back again, back to those sort of simpler days, it, it was as simple as you get one 50th of your annual salary when you retire per year of per year of service well that's actually relatively straightforward to to work out and you're almost working at a company knowing what that's going to mean when you retire the reality is now i think pensions are just seen as this kind of big pot somewhere in the background that you're chucking money in and it's never really understood or known that that's building up in the background and what it might mean when you get to retirement age and then some of the terminology around it, and you know, it's just really confusing. Um, it's a lot of it's counterintuitive, and it's just something that people are just, particularly if you've already got particularly numerous or got some some other other challenges, which make it difficult to to understand this terminology. People are avoiding it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, completely agree. And and actually, Simon, that leads me nicely onto a point I wanted to just discuss with you about financial well-being in general, because for me, actually, it's a term that's being abused or misused, sorry, and is being directed solely at this concept of pay on demand too often, in my view. I think it's a much bigger subject than that. And I think we've touched on some of the things here around why that is. and, And maybe I'll just touch on your point around financial literacy, because because actually this is a global challenge, right? I mean, I've seen many sources stating that one in three adults are financially literate around the world, even where education is available. I think it's taught very early on and never kind of revisited or maintained. So I guess how, how important do you feel it is for organisations to help support their people with, you know, that support guidance, maybe coaching around financial literacy? Um, and I guess do you, fundamentally, do you think that's the employer's responsibility? First of all, I feel it's definitely very important. Proud partners of um, Plain Numbers, which is an organisation that is all geared to make a numerical communication fit for purpose, to make it consumable and accessible and easy to you know understand and make it directly related to the human being receiving receiving that information. I think employers are do have an obligation to do this well. I think it links directly to uh, financial well-being. Having the ability to understand your income, know that you're being taxed correctly and know that you've got this thing called a pension that's good for you, that's going to be accumulating and supporting your retirement. Being able to present that to people in a way where they can have confidence that they have been paid correctly and they have got their pay and tax 
configured in the optimum way for their circumstances, I think is I think is really, really important. We've made our pay slips. Every, every pay element has got a little graphical, uh, a little help icon next to it that clearly explains how your tax or your national insurance or your student loan or your court orders have been calculated so that you can feel confident that you're you're being paid paid correctly. Excellent. No, and that's really good to hear. I think information is is golden here, right? I think you know you you touched on earlier some of the more traditional views and and angles and the way that payroll are seen and the way that payroll operate. And that is, you know, the word is very transactional, isn't it? And I think it's I've certainly experienced. I guess there's been a crest of a wave where there are these more forward thinking, you know, companies who are looking at this and also providers who are developing this sort of stuff, where they're actually saying this should be done differently. And that's because society's different. People People consume stuff differently. They consume it very, very much, you know, quicker. They consume it easier. It's it's a button and I want the information. It's not here's a pay slip and phone this number. You'll go into a queue and we'll come back to you in 48 hours and someone will explain it in terms that you're never going to understand. You know, those days are long gone, right? And we're aiming very much at a different audience and a different set of expectations. And on that as well, I guess one of my last questions I've got is around something that's maybe a, a tad controversial and, and it's certainly a big topic for debate around cryptocurrencies. I, you, you know, you guys at PayCaptain, you're offering the ability to to have money directed into crypto accounts. Is that something that you've seen strong adoption of? And and I guess, secondly, I'm really interested in whether your clients have reported any challenges around that, just because it's such a, a strong topic for debate at the moment. Well, thankfully, not many of our uh, clients' employees have done it. What we've done really is actually give people the choice. So whether that's about on-demand pay or accessing some money before payday or putting money into a savings account or in an automatic way every payday or putting some of your money into a account like Coinbase or some other cryptocurrency exchange. We've got employees that are putting money in straight to their TransferWise accounts. We've got employees that put money into their share trading accounts. This is, again, just another example of so many different things you can you, you can do with your money, which is where the payroll process should be a bit more flexible than this BACS payment that takes three days to get to a bank account that's done once a month. This is all about, from my perspective, that receiving your hard-earned cash should be something that you can take control of, something that you can make work for the way you want to run your lives. I do think that youngsters today will ask us when they're working, they'll be surprised that we had to wait a whole month before we we received (laughs) our hard-earned money. And this, this sort of concept of employers deciding a particular pay cycle that they will pay their workforce on. And some companies doing it weekly, some companies doing it four weekly, some doing it, you know, monthly, is all a bit odd. I think it will look odd to people in, in, in the future. People should be able to access their money when they, they want to. Of course, there's got to be something that's safeguarding them, helping people make sure they've got enough money to pay their mortgage and rent and their bills, etc. But you know, this sort of employer determined pay cycle and this, you know, limitation of only being able to receive your money in this particular way via backs to one account, I think is is just feels really old fashioned now. But of course, as we know, that's what probably 95% of the, the UK population are having at the moment. But I do think it will evolve. I think people will expect more 
they'll need more they'll need more flexibility and money is only going to get more complicated that will will mean the payroll process has got to got to evolve got to be simplified exactly it's about that the user experience needs to be as easy and as simplified as possible because all of the other avenues like cryptocurrency and things like that are going to get more complex and i think it's certainly it almost feels like that generational thing doesn't it like expectations of people entering the workforce now or in 10 years time it is shifting and it's 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 shifting in everything like I, i'll do a quick anecdote that isn't payroll related but i'm a big football fan as chris knows i'm an arsenal fan i can't go to a game coming up and i said to the guy who's next to me do you want my ticket he said yep and he went to get his wallet out and i went oh whoa, 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 whoa. i don't want any cash i don't want to see any more cash because all i've got to do is take that cash to the bank and pay it in and my bank's only open until 12 o'clock on saturday and so it's, it becomes a bit of a it becomes an extra task so you need to simplify these things and pay and the way you get paid is exactly the same thing you want to simplify it because the different avenues in which you can then have that the, your money distributed is going to get more complex we're just out of time. We've got just a couple of minutes left. I just wanted to touch on maybe just any kind of future thoughts that you might have, Simon, based, I mean, we've just talked about the making the user experience more simple as a, a thing that, you know, life is going to be very different in 10 years time. Is there anything else just at the top of your head from a payroll perspective? And we're asking a lot of our, our guests that are sort of payroll specialists just to kind of look at, look into their crystal ball. Anything that if you were to say, I think this will be a fundamental shift that you can that you can enlighten our listeners on before we depart for the today's podcast i think there's real real-time payroll which isn't i'm not talking about wage wage advances but i i do think employees should be able to receive their money after they've done their job if they if they want to i think employers are going to be able to offer more services or more options or money related benefits so whether that's enabling employees to have their utility bills paid paid through through payroll and getting discounted rates because of that or Ultimately, I think that the payroll part of the employee life cycle can really embrace fintech solutions now to you know make make it a much richer experience and allow companies to put this part of the process really on brand, aligned with their values, and really differentiate their business with their payroll process. Yeah, that's brilliant. Thank you very much, Simon, for coming along. It's been absolutely fascinating listening to some of your thoughts. Really interesting stuff around what's happening with cryptocurrency and some of the stuff around pensions as well. I really love that idea of you're almost the way that you're positioning pensions now as an investment. It is it's rebranding the whole concept mm -hmm. of it, really, which is which is fascinating. But thank you very much for joining me as always. Pleasure. Thank you very much. And Chris, my partner in crime, thank you, sir. Pleasure as always. And th Simon, thank you very much. It's been most enjoyable. It's been great to have you on. So you can obviously get this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I won't labour the point because if you're a regular listener, you are bored of this section. You probably even switch off by this point with my usual sort of spiel at the end. But we thank you very much for joining us. We hope you will join us next time. And we hope you've enjoyed this edition of the HR on the Offensive Podcast. Bye-bye.